if you're constantly looking for what's in it for me, certainly you can step on a bunch of people and you can grab a bunch of money, um, but it's not gonna bring you fulfillment. It's definitely not gonna bring you joy. There's no joy. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. Seven Figure Flipping is on a mission to help serious investors do more deals, make more money, work fewer hours, and get their lives back. Here's your host, Seven Figure Flipping CEO, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and today we just did this podcast with Gino Wickman on his book, Entrepreneurial Leap, and we are jumping into the six essential traits that Gino talks about in the book, and I'm bringing the board of directors on. So each one of them, we're going to dive into one of those traits that I felt like they, I don't know if best at is the word, but it's the thing that I think that stood out to me when I looked at those six traits. It's interesting because I had six people on the board of directors, and each of, each of them I could see as like one of these is highlighted in them. And today we're going to talk about the passionate trait. So let me just take you guys back. If this is the first one, the first podcast that you've listened to, um, what Gino talked about was a trait being a genetically determined characteristic. And you either have these six traits or you don't. And having these six traits are what basically defines you as an entrepreneur. And on that level of entrepreneurship, there is a scale. So you could be anywhere from this like lower on the scale, it's somebody who could build a company, maybe have a few employees, uh, maybe not necessarily like change the world. And then on the other side of the scale, you have the Elon Musks, the Walt Disney's, the people who are just massive, huge entrepreneurs, the people who might run 50, 100, 200 companies at a time, or huge companies and want to really change the future trajectory of the world. And so those six traits are visionary, passionate, problem solver, driven, risk taker, and responsible. And today we're going to jump into the second trait of passionate. And I have my good friend and mentor today, Andy McFarlane. Hey, Andy. Hey, what's up? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Always a good day to talk to you, Bill. And I'm always flattered by the fact you say, good friend, yes, mentor. Uh, okay. Oh, that, that's 100% okay. true. So okay. I know, yeah, we'll talk about the reluctant, passionate leader today. And oh, we, you had to tie it back. We already got there in the first few seconds. So, hey, um, so obviously, I always love talking to you. And if I could bring you on every single episode of the podcast, I would because you make things a lot of fun. You're always smiling. You're happy. You're passionate about everything that you do, which is exactly why we're going to jump into that trait today. So, um, and before we jump into it, what I want to do is I want to do the same thing that I'm going to do with everybody. And I want to read just maybe a, a paragraph or two from the book to give them a, 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 basically a framework of what Gino talks about as far as this trait passionate. So um, what he talks about is, and this is straight from the book, Entrepreneurial Leap, is the definition of passionate is showing or caused by strong feelings or a strong belief. Passionate people believe in something strongly. You can't change their minds. Passionate entrepreneurs are energized by a problem solving in their industry, or I'm sorry, by solving a problem in their industry, filling a void, fixing, helping, making a difference, building or creating. Passion is an essential trait because it gets an entrepreneur through tough times. You cannot survive failure without passion. Most people give up when faced with their first setback because they're just not passionate enough about their idea, business, product, service, or customers. Passionate means that you have passion for your product or service, your idea or deliverable. When you have passion for what you're offering the world, you have superhuman strength that keeps your blood pumping and not only helps you endure, endure tough times, but also motivates, persuades, inspires, and sells other people around you to act, move, and follow your lead. 
You simply cannot accomplish much without other people's help. And people love to follow a passionate leader. So I, Andy, do you feel like that describes you? Oh man, not a hundred percent. Doesn't describe anybody a hundred percent. How arrogant would I have to be? <laughs> well, so, uh, so there's no, there's no humbleness in this, these paragraphs. So how about I answer that? Uh, sure. Because I know that I know how you're probably going to answer it. Well, it. That is probably of all the paragraphs that I've had to read in this book. It's the one that I don't think like a true, um, uh, leader, a true, uh, I, I don't know. I, somebody who is humble and is kind of a reluctant leader would say, yeah, that hundred percent, that's me. Of course it's me. Right. But I remember our first meeting, like the first time I ever met you, like, I feel like a leader is somebody who people will follow them. Right. And it, it's, it, it's, it's not even that you follow by like the iron fist or like pushing people to do it, but they see what you're doing. They get excited about it and they want to, they want to emulate that and they want to follow you. And I remember the first time that you know, we, we've, we did a couple calls, video calls before we met, but we met in person, like both you and Justin, I could see these are people that, that we were we just drawn to. Like I, I would follow you into this business. I basically just did whatever Andy told me to do. And that was kind of my, my early journey, right? Because like you had all of these things, you were passionate. You basically forced people to act. Like I came and took action. You made me do things that I didn't want to do, that I was uncomfortable doing just by saying, like you had just a way about you to put it and explain it and show me that it works and show me that you were doing it and that anybody could do it. And I feel like every time that you've been on stage, every event that we've had, every flip hacking live, that you get more and more people to just kind of buy in to this journey and what you're doing just by telling it, just telling your story, telling other people's stories. And I think that's what uh, comes out of this paragraph for me is that like that ins you inspire other people to take action. And a lot of times the hardest thing to do is inspiring people to take action in this business at least. And pr probably anything like that, that step, that uncomfortable going into the unknown, going into where it's scary. And that's what I get got from this. And when I thought about you and I read this book and I was like, this is, there's, there's no one that I'm going to be talking to that's a more perfect fit than th like this puzzle right here between you and a passionate leader. So. No, I totally appreciate that. And here, if, if you get any of that from me, if anybody ever gets that from me on stage at Flip Packing Live, it's because I feel like I'm pretty transparent. I, I can't like fake it to somebody, right? Like I have to be real with it. So am I perfectly passionate about everything? Absolutely not. But I, there was a few different things I'm passionate about. I say one of the things I'm passionate about is I've thought about this in the last couple of minutes as you've been reading. That. What am I passionate about? Real estate, I certainly believe in real estate. It's changed my life. It's changed my, like everybody wants freedom from real estate. I've got freedom from real estate. It's phenomenal. I'm not a bazillionaire. Um, but I've gotten freedom from real estate. So am I passionate about that? Heck yeah, I am. But why? Um, I'm passionate about people, but I'm not passionate about a thousand people or 10,000 people. I'm passionate about, I feel like I'm passionate about like the one person, right? One at a time. So like when I was on that call with you, like I was passionate about that with you. Like I cared about you. And there's three people right now I can think about uh, phone calls I'm gonna make later today, but like the one person, right? There's multiple people, but like I wanna make a phone call with them and connect with them. It's not getting on Facebook to have a thousand people that I'm trying to influence in some way. But like there's certain people in their life, uh, real estate and not in real estate that I'm like, man, I, I just care about them and I want to help them. Even if it's just a phone call, it's going to lift them up. Right. So if I'm passionate about anything, I'm, I'm certainly passionate about people. Like, and I know I can't affect everyone in the world, but my circle, the people that are around me, um, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about those people, you know, yeah. there's limits to that. There's limits, right? So that's hard. 
You know, I, I would say like right now, when I look at my company and everything that's happened to me since you and I met and we took this journey together, right? Um, is now my passion lies in, I thought in the beginning, it's interesting because in the beginning I was passionate about real estate. I was like, man, I want to fix up this house. I want to do something. And it, it, I felt like that was the thing that I was passionate about. That morphed into, obviously, the first conversation that we had, me say, I, I never want to hire somebody. I don't want to be responsible for somebody. I'm really scared of that, right? Yeah. And it's so ironic now that my passion lies in my team and my staff. So I'm, I'm not necessarily passionate about real estate anymore. It's just, it's the thing for me. It's like the, there's, there's people who really love houses. They like to take ugly things and make them pretty. And that's where their passion lies is in the interior design and the, and the process and it all. And for me, I'm just so passionate about seeing my people develop as leaders and watch what they do and some of the accolades and awards and things that they win and, and see them succeed and see them make more money than they ever thought was possible for their families and like get titles and awards and come speak on stage and just see them light up. Like when I saw Val on stage at Flip Hacking Live last year and saw her light up, like, and, and then like Andre, her husband is working for us at Seven Figure Flipping and like videotaping it all and stuff. And just to see that interaction between the two of them, like that was, that was it for me. That was amazing. There's not a, if we made a million dollars on a flip, it wouldn't have brought as much joy to me as seeing that. So now, like you said, the passion for the people, it was like a byproduct in the beginning of something that I was really scared to do and then found, and then it becomes that. So um, I, I, I can see you with the one-on-one -on -one conversations at the events, and you really want to connect with somebody that way, like one-on-one, -on -one, where I'm more of the kind of one-to-many type. I'm, I'm a little bit of a uh, closet introvert, maybe uh, a little bit. Like I, I really, um, I'll, I'm just not the really like outgoing talkative kind of person, which is funny because I really am, am passionate about this podcast and everything that I do here. It's like, I'm not a creative person, but it allows me to create something. And, but we can get that, that out and that motivation out to many. So it's interesting how different people's passion is, can be set up differently. And then it evolves over time. So what, in the beginning, when you started your business, it was a long time ago that you got into real yeah. estate. Was it about the houses or was it about always about the people? You know, uh, so when I think about real estate, certainly I wanted financial freedom. I wanted freedom in general, right? And real estate provides that when you read the books that talk about, they all kind of funnel into real estate as that. Um, but I've, from almost the beginning of real estate, I've worked with individuals, sellers, right? Um, and I've always loved that. I've always loved... It's not necessarily, it's definitely not the house, right? But it's the person. I love going there and see if I can solve their problem and being genuine with them. Like I've always loved that. I've always loved that. So meeting with the seller and I'm straight up with people. Like I'm not trying to con them into anything. I'm just saying like showing them their options and being straight with them. But I love that being able to help them with whatever it is that they need. Cause I feel like I'm actually doing some good for them. Right. And the world. So, um, yeah. And the people on the team now, absolutely. I, I care about them. And then other people like, you know, we've been, had interactions together for four or five years now love you, everybody on the board and all the people we meet as a result of our mastermind, right? And certainly not everybody in the world is in the mastermind, but we've got close associations with so many people over so many different years that are in there that they're like close personal friendships. And even sometimes people, when they, they choose to, to leave the community for whatever reason, like it's great. Still relationships, right? Still text them, still, still catch up with them and follow up. So um, that's it for me. It's really, it's the people, right? But that all this stuff that we do, like real estate and whatever job you have, whatever it is, at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't really matter, right? I think what really matters is who you are as a person, who you're becoming, and just 
I mean, to put it like the love, right? The love you have for the world and just who you are, right? Are you a person that cares about other people? Are you outward focused? Or are you constantly looking for what's in it for me? What's in it for me? And um, if you're constantly looking for what's in it for me, certainly you can step on a bunch of people and you can grab a bunch of money, um, but it's not going to bring you fulfillment. It's definitely not going to bring you joy. There's no joy in that, right? So if you've got an island full of money and you've stepped on a bunch of people, uh, but you're unhappy because you're just looking, can't look in the mirror every day because you're like, man, who am I serving here besides myself? You'll be unhappy, right? But if the opposite, I think you can help other people. And Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. I've always believed that. And it's not because I'm, I'm not helping somebody else so I can get what I want. I get what I want in helping other people, right? And ultimately, they'll, they'll end up helping you back for the most part. So I don't know. I think I, a long rambling sentence there, but truly my joy comes from when I'm outside of myself and trying to serve somebody else selflessly, then ultimately I end up getting what I need to. So am I passionate about that? I hope, I, I hope so. <laughs> I try to be. I try to be. What about, so it talks a little bit in that paragraph about the like the struggles when you hit a hit a roadblock you hit the wall you hit tough times right yeah and uh, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty going on right now so this is like the perfect probably time to jump into that and say well the people that make it through difficult and challenging times um, are they the people who are really passionate about what they do are they uh, is is do you do you agree with that part and then a follow-up question to that is has have you always been, has it always been perfect for you? Like is oh everything you do perfectly fine? Well, let me address that one first. Everybody already knows the answer to that, right? Absolutely not. Stuff hasn't always been perfect for me. In fact, every week, every day, something goes wrong. We all deal with this, right? That's not what we, we don't typically put that out on social media. Nobody puts it out on social media. Um, and you don't talk about that stuff on podcasts, but there's always problems. There's always stuff that happens that you don't expect to have happen, right? And even throughout the, when I said I'm passionate about helping people and stuff, it doesn't mean that I don't get sometimes get down about different things and feel like you know, the world's collapsing on you and stuff. But I find when I, when I get in those situations, if I can just take a step back, get some perspective, maybe get some sleep, get some food, um, get more perspective from that. And then ultimately get outside of myself, stop thinking about myself and like, what's my bank account doing? And what's this doing there? And what's this person doing there? All that stuff. And just get outside and say, who can I help today? Who can I serve today? And turn outward. And then things tend to work. Okay. Things tend to be okay. Right. Um, I don't know if that answered your question there, but, but yeah, I mean, stuff, stuff, I mean, you can't control all that outside stuff. All you can control is how you're dealing with that stuff and how you're getting centered on what you're listening to. And you're talking today about all this stuff going on today. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on today. The world pandemic, stock markets crashing, all that stuff. You can't control any of that stuff. But what you can control is what you're listening to, what you're focusing on. And are you ultimately focused on yourself and your own fear and your own insecurities? Or are you focused on who can I lift today? And the ironic thing is when you go and lift somebody else today, it lifts you too, right? If you help bear someone else's burden, it makes your burden light, which is kind of weird like that, right? Get outside of yourself and you can actually like, you know, your burdens just become so much lighter when you just go and say, how can I help you today? There was a situation last week where the world was, I mean, you know, anybody's listening, I don't know when they're listening to this podcast, right? But there's going to be months probably of the world falling apart, supposedly, right? But in the midst of all this stuff, there was something that came up close friend of mine that was in some serious need that had nothing to do with the world falling apart. And for me to be able to jump in and help him that day and spend that time, that other stuff didn't matter. That stuff melted away. Like my problems, my, any of that stuff was just gone. It was like all enveloped in me being able to focus on him and help him. And I found joy and happiness in that. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, if anybody took any advice from that, but I would say when your world is crashing around you, 
stop focusing so much on yourself and get outside of yourself and get perspective and try to help somebody else. And it'll, it'll lighten whatever you've got going on right now. I promise. Yeah, I agree with that. The, the interesting part is, you know, everybody might think that you used to use a phrase called duct tape and bubble gum. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. You want to talk about that for, for a second? The duct tape and bubble gum. Yeah. Um, my business is made up of duct tape and bubble gum, right? That's what I used to joke about. Everybody thinks, everybody always thinks the grass is greener on, on the other side. Everybody thinks it's somebody else's business. Bill Allen's business is perfect because, you know, he's never, you know, his whole life has just been perfect. He went into flight school and he was the top of his class and he graduated with all this stuff and he came to this program and he blew it up and he's in 50 different states now and all this stuff. And people might look at you that way, certainly, Bill, now. Or if people look at me and say, well, that's what's always happened for Andy. And that's absolutely not true. If you guys would see the inner workings of the business, we're still working on stuff all the time. So when I joke and say we're putting it together like duct tape and bubble gum, it doesn't mean we're not working hard. It doesn't mean we're not doing the best we can. We're not passionate about it. It just means that it's not done yet. It's not done. None of it's perfect. And uh, anybody is looking for that perfection in their life, I, I've, I've yet to find anyone that has it. And I've been around some of the top real estate investors in the country. And if they think any part of their life is perfect, uh, if their businesses, if they pers- pers- um, like convey that that's perfect, it's not. Like I've seen the inside of some of it, it's not perfect. But even if that is, if there's a portion of their life that's probably perfect, you call, you look around the other part aspects of their life, and it's totally not perfect, right? Totally not perfect. And I've seen, I mean, that's that's the downside of passion, right? Somebody can get so passionate and focused on something, call it real estate, and then everything else in their life suffers. They did this one thing, they did this real estate to receive this this outcome, this result, and then when they get that result. The, res- the reason they were going for it was for all these other reasons and all the other reasons when life fell, fell apart, whether it be their health, their family, their relationships, right? So we need to be careful. I think you draw that wheel, right? I don't know who came up with that wheel, right? But you've got like these six aspects of your life, spiritual, um, uh, financial, business, relationships, family, all that stuff, and health. And then when you, if somebody's super uber passionate about one, if they neglect all the others, it's like, it's for not, right? They can go and exceed, just achieve success somewhere and have it be fruitless right yeah uh, you you know you hit on a couple big things there i think so the the inner workings of all of our business is always screwed up like there's always problems and i hope like you said you you did say like nobody shares that on the podcast or on facebook or those kind of things like my my hope in doing this is that we are transparent here and like my 2019 year in review podcast that I did, I don't know, it's like three months ago, obviously, I, I really did my best to open up and share where I was in my goal setting, how I analyzed my last year in my health and my family and my significant other personal life, all that stuff. Like I opened the door to all of it and then told you about a lot of the problems that we're having in my business. And I want, like my hope for this podcast is that we are not the people who hide behind the facade that we're actually just open and honest and upfront about what we're doing. And we come on and we talk about the real stuff, like not just the, the, the Facebook and the Instagram, uh, perfect type stuff, the, we're not spending three hours to make it look like we just woke up in the morning, uh, on the pictures and one image, you know, and that, that kind of stuff, like not the stuff that's fake. So for me, like I, I, I let's go, let's go back to when I started this business. And when I, I remember when I started this business, I was flying full time and I was working somewhere around eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week. And I had to work one weekend a month. And I also had a newborn baby. Will was just been born. He was probably like six months old. And I took, turned to my wife, Lucy, and I said, 
I want to get into this real estate thing. Like I really want to dive into it. I think that there's something here. I had been studying economics for a long time, studying the stock market. I was in, uh, investing in index funds. I had flipped two houses. So one house over two years, two houses over two years, one house a year, made like $40,000 each year in that. And I said, I, I think that there's something here. Like I really want to explore it, but it's going to take like probably a year of me to do a lot of hard work. And I'm actually going to have to sacrifice a lot of like my family time and things like that to build this thing. And I knew what it was going to take. I committed to it and I did it. And I said to Lucy, I said, what my, what my life would look like is I would wake up in the morning early, like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. I'd work until seven. My son got up every morning at seven o'clock. I'd get him up. We'd get up together. We'd have breakfast as a family. I'd go to work. Uh, it'd go fly all day. I'd come back. And when I got home, I'd have dinner, play with Will, read him a story, give him his bath together, put him to bed. And then I'd go in the office for two more hours. Lucy was in bed every night when I went to sleep. And I just, it was repeat for months. And people don't see that stuff, right? They don't see the, the sacrifice in those things. But there's times where I was, and I was really passionate about it then. And because I was passionate about building something, but I think ultimately I was passionate about the end state, right? The why, that, the why. I, the, that word, I feel like is, ingrained in this chapter. Like if you don't know what your why, and we talk about that a lot, if it's not deep rooted and you're not passionate about your why and you haven't found it and you don't know it, then you're going to quit when things get hard. When, I mean, it took me four and a half months to put my first wholesale fee in the bank, four and a half months. And I was spending money at a rate of $5,000 a month. So now we're at like $22,500 spent of my $30,000 budget. And I've got someone like Andy who's doing a ton of deals, not working in his business. He's, and everything looks perfect, right? And I'm sitting here going, ah, man, I don't, I, after three months, like I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm taking the actions, but I'm not seeing the result that I thought I would see as fast as I thought I would see it. If I didn't have that deep rooted why, that, that purpose, that passion, right? In all of this, I probably would have quit. And if I didn't have the support, of you and everybody else around to show me that I was making progress even when I couldn't see it. Then I think that's a lot of what happens. Like we, we do strive for perfection, but we strive for perfection in like the one area that we're focused on and we lose sight of all that other stuff that you were talking about. And as I was building my business over probably three years, I lost sight of my health and I lost sight of all the other things. I mean, I remember just, it was probably a year and a half ago, where I'm at the top of my stairs, out of breath, trying to like play with, carry my kids upstairs to play with them in the playroom at, I was like 35, 40 pounds overweight. And I just woke up and was like, what am I doing? Like, how did I get like this? All I was focused on is building my business and, and, and my family. Like so many plates were spinning that I just had to let some fall. And those ones were like friends. It was, um, it was health. And it was like, just kind of like fun stuff. You know, what, what do I do to have fun? And it was really like business and family. Those are like the two things that I focused in my spiritual life even was taking a hit. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't reading in the Bible. I wasn't studying those things. I wasn't attending church. Like I should have been, I, you know, there's a lot of things that I was sacrificing that I should have been. So it, you know, all of that stuff is that deep rooted why to start taking the action. And then like, sometimes I found, I find you, you might have to sacrifice a few of those things, knowing how long you're willing to sacrifice. What are you willing to do to get to that why and where you want to go? Um, because I, I, really, I really am on the side of like, I don't think you can have it all. In the, like if you want to get going, if, like if I wanted to build this business, I couldn't have done all of those things at a 10. 
like on, on the, on the wheel. I was getting, but I shouldn't have let my health go as long. I didn't need to, you know? Um, and, and a lot of those things, cause you're right. If you have business, if you have a great business and you have a lot of money in the bank, but you, your family falls apart and your, you, your spouse isn't around. And next thing you know, it's just you. Like, what's, and that was your why in the first place? Like, come on, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah, no, that's true. You're right too. You have to have that period of sacrifice. You have to go all in with a certain thing sometimes for the end result, but you just got to make sure that you can pull yourself out or have people around you that can tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, look, you did this for this amount of time. So make sure you're not five years into something that you said it was going to be six months or a year sprint to get there, to get what you wanted. Right. Just to tell your kids, Hey, hang on, hang on. Right. That whole cats in the cradle thing. Right. Like, don't worry, don't worry, kids. I'll be there. And like, I'm don't worry dad. I'm 18. I'm out of the house now. So you can, you go do whatever you want to do later. Right. Yeah. Um, as you were saying that I was thinking about this, uh, this quote, something about, it says you get to choose the period of sacrifice, right? So either you can choose to fact sacrifice up front or, and you'll, or, or you'll be, you'll be forced to, to sacrifice later. Right. So that, that applies with finances. Certainly you can put in the time and say, Hey, I'm going to live on less than I make. I'm going to invest that difference. I'm going to put in this sacrifice now so that I can live like I want to later. Or if you choose to not do that, then at some point you'll be forced to sacrifice later. And I think that only plays out with finances. I think it also plays out with time that you're investing because with your family, with your wife, with your kids, with your relationships, it's about that time you're investing with them, right? You can say, I don't have time to do this stuff right now. I'll do that later. But, um, you know, investing that time up front in those relationships, right? That's, that's where you're going to get the rewards later. So, and that's a reminder to myself too. Like I've got a lot of time, but it's just still, we can get sucked into these things that we thought were important when really it's like, no, that stuff really doesn't matter. And really, if you're looking at the world events that are happening right now, whenever somebody's listening to this, you're talking about uh, pandemics, right? And I live in Utah. We recently had an earthquake, right? It wasn't a devastating earthquake. It was just a little bit of earthquake, which is interesting. It just kind of is a little touch. It's just a little shake, literal, literal figurative shake saying like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? What's important in your life, right? And that stuff really kind of shakes you and makes you wake up and say, is what I'm doing important? Does this stuff matter, right? So um, just making sure that we're doing those important things every day and not just, you know, being passionate about what we're, what we're passionate about, not, not the stuff, because it's not the stuff, right? We shouldn't be passionate about the stuff. It's not the real estate. It's not the house. It's the freedom that it gives. That it gives the opportunity to impact other people's lives. It's that kind of stuff that really, I don't know, everybody's got their different why, but that's, that's what it is for me, right? That's what it is. It's being able to impact somebody, being able to um, be that blessing in somebody else's life because you have the time and the finances to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, when I go back, it started with the stuff, you know, and a lot of times it does, it's kind of like the, it's that, that, the, that money, like for me, like freedom meant like, I need to have a certain amount of money in my bank account. Like that's, that was freedom to me, like financial freedom. And I saw financial freedom and time freedom kind of match up to, to each other. Like as one thing in the beginning. And so I remember looking back and I say it a lot is I certainly don't want you, you guys that are listening who have never done a deal before or just getting going to think that it was all because of this like grandiose why of I am going to build a company of 15 people and I'll get, we'll be making, you know, the company will be doing millions of dollars. And that's, that was what I was coming out to build. It was the fact that I just wanted to make enough money to replace my, my uh, Navy income. And I, I was going to work 20 years in the Navy and retire. And I was going to get the retirement income and then I was going to have this job too. And that, that was in the beginning, my plan, you know, I didn't plan on leaving the military. And then uh, obviously I had a little boy put into my life that pulled me in a different direction. And, um, and it was, it was time. It was time to, to leave active duty. And uh, I still 
we get to fly for the reserves. And so when I t- bring, my, bring my mind back to this perfection concept, I always go back to flying because nobody has ever had a perfect flight. It's, it just doesn't exist. And I, I tell this to my flight students all the time. Uh, I'm a flight instructor down at Pensacola still. I get to work part-time for them. And every time I sit down with the newer students or any student for that matter, it's like, and, and whether it's in the brief or in the debrief after the flight, I say, look, nobody's had a perfect flight. Me too. Um, so I remember at, at test pilot school, these are like, we have to be plus or minus one degree of heading, plus or minus one knot of airspeed, and plus or minus like five or 10 feet of altitude, which is really, really hard to do when we do our test points. The, the better we fly on condition, the better test data that we get for the aircraft or whatever system we're testing. So we're really like, they only accept certain people. They, they train you to make sure that you can fly that way. And if you can't, they're kicking you out. I mean, that's what the process is that this one year school, this is, not, this is a, a very difficult school that people get kicked out and don't pass. And so while you're there, you still don't have the perfect flight. It's not, you're never on airspeed all the time. You're never on heading all the time. You're never on altitude all the time. You're never not making a mistake. The, all we're trying to do is like limit the number of mistakes that we make and be as close as we can. And we always brief for the flight ahead of time. We always debrief afterwards to say, what could we have done better? So when I look at this, it's the same thing in business, I think. Like you talked about this perfection, like nobody's perfect. Nobody's business perfect. We're always making mistakes. We're always screwing up. And it's like watching our game film and look at what we do afterwards and, and make adjustments. So I tell my students all the time, look, you're not going to have the perfect flight, but are, we want to strive towards that. Like we're constantly trying to get better. We're not making the same mistakes over and over again. And in that case, you have to be passionate about what you do. Like if you're not showing up passionate about flying, about being in the military, it shows you don't even, you don't even move towards perfection. You're moving backwards. You're staying still, things like that. And I think the same thing in this business, if you're not passionate, like we're constantly trying to innovate, move with the cheese and a lot of things are changing. And like, I'm incredibly passionate about business in general, I think. And, and I really think that's what it is. Like just because we're in the real estate widget, the way I look at it, I'm running a company here and we, I'm passionate about my people. I'm passionate about the growth of the business, the company and, and doing the best that we can for, for each other. Right. For you, it's, it's very much, I think you're very much like rooted in the seller and that one-on-one, like you spent so much time in homes, right. Yeah. Rooted in a seller. And yeah. I'm rooted a little bit more in the like process and procedure, the engineering side of things as a yeah. little bit more than the emotional side of things. Yeah. So, um, so what, what do you think about like Gino talks about when he's getting EOS cranked up and he talks, he says, he says he was like just diving in for five years. He worked tirelessly, obsessed every minute, honing, refining and testing hundreds of ideas and options. And then he says during the, this period, I definitely sacrificed family time, time with friends and my health. Regardless, I was always driven by one overriding passion. So passion means that you have a strong belief that you'll do almost anything to prove, create, or deliver your idea or product and moving through adversity. So like, is it a core of entrepreneurs? So the entrepreneur, think of like the 1%, the people who are going to change the world, the people who um, are going to create a solution to problems, the people that will drive this economy. And in this uncertain time that we have right now, how important is this passion trait, do you think, right now? Man, people that are going to get up in the face of adversity. Because um, it's always going to be there, right? It's always going to be there. 
So I think like over the number of the years that I've done business and you know, we're a small business, we're a super small business, but there's always been adversity. There's always been stuff that's happened, whether it be this big pandemic or if it's just smaller stuff that pertains to us, like, there's always been stuff. So you always just have to be able to have the perspective to say like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to move with the cheese. As you said, I'm going to adapt and I'm going to overcome and I'm going to make it happen. It's that no quit attitude. And you said earlier, um, the idea that you're not going to change, you're not going to stay the same. You're going to change. You're going to try to be better every day because there's no perfect flight. And I'm not a, I'm not a pilot, so I don't understand that works. But I look at my life every day and I think, how does that relate to me? And I think to myself, every day I try to start my day kind of centered um, in truth and say, okay, what am I trying to focus on today? Right. And at the end of the day, I try to wrap it all up. You can call it meditation. I call it prayer. Um, and I say like, how could I be better? What can I have done better here? And, and just try to like, refine my efforts and say, I just want to be better. And I'm not going to reach that perfect state, but I can get a little bit better every day. But that desire to actually be better every day, right? And not just to give up and throw your hands in the air and say, like, this is too much. I can't do it. No matter what is thrown at you, it's all okay if you're, if you're trying to adapt and change and be better and do the best with what you can every day because every day is presenting something different to you. Um, every day, you might not be feeling it. Like your personal health is going to change every day, right? So your best every day is going to change. But if your commitment and your passion is to say like, I'm do the best with, of, with what I can today with the set of circumstances that I've been given with my mental state, with my physical state, the things that are around me, regardless of what that is, I'm going to do the best I can every day. I think that's passion, right? And I don't care what industry you're in. I'm in the small real estate industry, right? But there's people, those people that are going to change the world, those passion entrepreneurs. Yes, the cheese has moved. It will move. There's going to be something different. This economy is going to shake up. People are going to get shaken out, but there's going to be more opportunities going to come from that, from those that are like, okay, that was yesterday. What am I going to do about it today? Am I going to lay down and die? Or am I going to say, what am I going to do about it today? And frankly, if you look back at history, I don't read a lot of like current like business books or whatever, but I've been reading some history books. There's this one book I read called The Seven Miracles That Changed America. You ever heard of that book? No. I mean, it goes off and talks about these points in history, in American history, that were like, I really didn't know much about them, but I was like, my goodness, there was some odds stacked against us then, specifically for America. Now, I'm sure in the world, there's, everybody's got their own story about similar stuff, but like, there has been so many times in the history of the world, and specifically the United States, where the odds have been stacked against us, where you're like, you can't win. One of those instances, to bring it to you, right, because you probably understand this, the Battle of Midway. I had no clue about that. But if you look at that, all of the odds were stacked against us. What happened there should not have happened to us, right? But it was just the fact that we didn't give up. We fought through. We did the best we possibly can with it. And I think that's true of any of us in any of these circumstances, right? Regardless of what the world throws at you, if you want, if you want to be the best you can, if you adapt and you change, you're going to be fine. It's going to be just fine, right? So I think it's no different today. So that's probably the passion, right? As it translates through to real estate or anything else, like, are you trying to be the best version of you? Are you trying to be better? Are you trying to be better today? Or are you just going to lie down and just accept it? It's like, whatever, it's never going to work out. I'm going to go, right? And just lay down and die. Uh, I hope that's never me. And I hope with that too, a part of that, when it gets so hard for myself, but like we talked about earlier, that I can turn outside of myself and say, okay, but how can I help that guy? Like it's, it's too much for me to carry, but what, how can I help that guy? Can I help that guy out? Right. I think you probably see a lot of, uh, we see a lot of cool stuff that comes out like battles and stuff, right? You probably see this in the military. Like the guys that get the silver star, the medal of honor is not because they were doing it for their own glory. Right. They were the guys that went out there and they, they sacrificed themselves, you know, their own peril to go and help somebody else. And I think in the midst of these things that defines us too, what are you doing to lift others in this circumstance? Look at the guy next to you, the other people that have it worse off than you. Cause frankly, all the stuff we're talking about in this in America, it's first world problems. Like there's people in other countries that are like, what, you, you don't have this, this, or this? Like we've never had that, right? Like, what are you talking about? So what are we going to do to say, stop saying, what was us, but say, 
I'm grateful for what I have because we have so much. How can I lift and serve somebody else through this? And that will help me get through it. And by the way, we're going to be just fine. We're going to go reinvent the cheese, right? And we're going to go, we're going to go figure something out. We're going to, we're going to make it work. So I, I hope that's the passion. I hope that's what I have. I hope nobody ever finds me saying like, well, he just gave up. I hope that's not the case. I don't want to give up on me, but I certainly don't want to give up on the people around me too. Yeah. It's interesting because we had, uh, we had a call recently, just myself and the six people that you're going to hear, the six entrepreneurs that I bring on. And we're all talking about how this is going to affect our business and the real estate market and our families and all these stuff, these things. And then Andy comes on and he says, well, let me tell you about what I'm doing for the community right now. Uh, okay. I'm checking on everybody in, in the community. We have a, a, we're set up, we set up the system where we're going to check in on everybody, make sure that they have food, make sure that they're, 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 they have money, they, they, they can do all the things that they need to do. And we're just checking in on them. And, and we all kind of like looked at each other and said, we are just bad people. <laughs> we, we're not, we didn't, we're thinking about us and the business and our staff and our teams. And, and some of us were like, oh man, I should probably check on my community. And you know, it's interesting because what I did is um, Lucy had found a bunch of these uh, N95 respirators that I had in that I had no idea was in my giant toolbox. I have this toolbox from when I used to work on houses all the time. It's like liquid gold right yeah. now. Wow. And yeah, Don't sure. Go to a nurse. Well, that's what I did. So there's a doctor yeah, cool. in, uh, at Vanderbilt in our community who was talking about, they, he was setting up an area in his garage and he was complaining that the trash can, uh, the HOA sent him a letter because they put their trash can out on Saturday instead of Sunday for, oh. for trash the next day. And he was setting up a washdown station in his garage because he was coming home from the hospital every day and needed to take everything off and put it all in an area so he wouldn't get his family sick because they say about 80% of the uh, staff in, uh, in the hospitals can bring that home to their family. Mm. So, um, so when I saw that, he's a guy that I know went to Georgia Tech also. And I said, hey, I've got these 14 respirators. Can I give them to you? Can you guys use them in the hospital? And he sent me a picture of what he's wearing. <laughs> It's like, he looked like Ant-Man. Uh, it was hilarious. So he goes, I got this one. I bought it for myself and I'm just reusing it uh, every day because we don't have any. So, wow. um, so like you, you triggered me to get back into the community. And I think the interesting part is when we do get to that place where we are, like we seem to be, sometimes we can't see it until it's highlighted to us. And then also um, we have other people that when we do get selfish can push us to be more more giving and more passionate and more of all of the things that are inside of us that we should be doing. But in sometimes we start forgetting about some of these things. Uh, do you think the people that have like, that don't have the passion for this are the people that are going to wash out when things get really tough? Like when you see downturns and, you know, uh, after September 11th, after 2008, uh, all these different times when things get difficult, do you feel like this is the one of those six that I read that are really um, important to have the passion for what they're doing. Otherwise it's easier to quit. Oh yeah. Cause you're going to get hard times. I mean, I, I've heard this comment from other people specifically about real estate recently. They're like, man, I had no idea it was going to be like this. So this tough. I thought it was all like sunshine and rainbows and money and checks and stuff. And like, no, we are problem solvers and we see these opportunities that come up. Well, I call them opportunities, right? But there's, there are people that have these issues that you need to solve. Right. And now in this, there's just adding their normal real estate issues. You're adding this outside stuff to it. Right. But, pandemic, right? That's, it's just compounding this issue. And, and it's not easy. And those that don't have passion or don't have that why, absolutely, they're going to watch out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you don't have that reason you're doing this, if you don't have the passion, yeah, you're not going to last long. 
Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing I think that if to put it in perspective here is it's very easy to quantify this right now when people are freaking out about everything that's going on. But if, if we just rewind six months when great times for my business and your business, but we were in this huge cash flow crunch, like everybody was, because competition was cranking up. So people are sitting there going, it's too competitive. Like I, I can't get deals because it's so competitive. I can't raise enough money. I can't get financing. Like I have a full-time job. I don't have enough time. I, I, I don't have any money because I don't have a job. I have time. Like there's always some reason not to do it or some issue or some like something to say that there's adversity. There's always adversity. It doesn't matter. If the market is perfect and everything's booming, there's still half the people that are like saying, I can't do this because dot, dot, dot. And the other half are saying, I'm doing this because dot, dot, dot. And I think the same thing right now, it is those people that, that I feel like it's the passion that just gets you to push, push through. You, you used to quote a, a Mike Tyson quote all the time, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Everybody has a plan until they get punched they get in the punched face. In the right? face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely. love, like, I, I have a lot like, of people getting punched in the face right now. Yeah. And, and it's, but it's interesting. Like a lot of people were getting punched in the face three months ago. It was just a different yeah. punch, different punch, you know, yep. coming from a different boxer or a different issue. Right. And yep. the people that, that are still like rolling through that still have positive attitudes are the people that are passionate, driven, problem solvers, risk takers, all of the things that we're talking about here, visionaries, they can see around the corner, right? They can see past this. And so all of these things, I think, uh, it really highlights these six traits to me of why you need to have them all. And so, you know, I, I feel like the level of passion as we're, as we're talking through this and you're telling your story um, about like pushing through and, and adversity and stuff, the level of passion is likely the level of pain that you can take <laughs> until you quit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, that's true. Because I, like when I think back to flight school, when I was in flight school, they were basically, we had too many pilots when I was in flight school. So when I was waiting to start, there was a, I waited for seven or eight months to even start flight training. So I went down to Pensacola. I went to get a master. I got a master's degree right after college. I went down to Pensacola and then we waited to start flight school. It was like, it was like seven or eight months. So I bought a boat and I went fishing every day. We'd have to check in every morning. And then we went out and we, we'd go fishing and we'd come back and I would study during that time, the little bit that I had to study, but we're just waiting. And what they said was anybody who wants to quit. So we got ROTC scholarships or went to the Naval Academy. They paid for our school, right? We had so many pilots. They said, you guys can just leave the Navy completely. If you just say, I want to drop on request, you can leave. You don't have to pay back any of the money for college. You can just get out of wow. the military. You can just say, see you later. I'm going to go out into the private sector and work. That's how many people we had in the pipeline waiting. And then you get into flight school and you start training. So we had the people who would like, okay, hey, I'm out of here. Like I just did it for the, I did it for the free school, you know, yeah. or I could get a better job out there. I want to go do something else. And so those people would quit. And those people were not passionate at all about what they were doing weren't passionate about their serving their country. And look, if you're listening to this and you did that, hey, you had your own reasons to do it. But the way that I look at it is you got this passion scale, right? Like you just weren't passionate about it and you were passionate about something else and that's fine. But, and when I said like serve your country, I felt like it was a bit of a jab to some of those people, which I didn't mean. Um, yeah. But it probably is the truth. So then you get into flight school and you start, you start going into the classes and the classes that you take are meant to wash people out too. So the classes, people start failing out and then people can still have the opportunity to quit because we're still overmanned. And then you get into the, the flying and there's still, there's always this drop on request thing. It's called DOR and we still have it. It was the military's way of saying, this is high risk training. 
if you ever want to drop on request, you can just say, I'm going to drop on request. I'm out of here. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to get out of the Navy. You might have to go be a surface warfare officer, go do some other job or go do something else in the military. But at this time it was like, you could pretty much drop on request and get, get, just get out. Just say, I'm, I'm, this isn't for me. I'll see you later. And so I, I, even as a flight instructor and a student, I would see people doing this. And as you move up and move up and move up, it gets harder and harder and harder. And people, that's just, that's it. I think, feel like the level of passion determines how hard they're going to work and how easy it is to quit. And then you go to like survival training where they're like starving you and beating you up and doing and, and, and interrogating you and doing all this stuff. And you think through like some of the seals, we had some of the seals. So we had Jocko Willink come to, to flip hacking live this year and buds is designed to, to get people to wash out, right. To quit the, like over 50% of those people quit. And so it's just the, their level of passion. It's all mindset. It's all mental. Everything that we do, I see people run 50 miles, 100 mile races. My cousin has run a bunch of 50 milers. This guy's crazy. I don't know how he's done it, but it's all mental. Like your body can handle it. You're, we can do it. It's, it's all mental. So I feel like this level of passion determines the, the time that you're willing to put in and embracing the suck sometimes that comes with being a business owner and being an entrepreneur because like the life of an entrepreneur, and Gino talks about it in this book specifically, he talks about like the goods and bads and how challenging it can become sometimes and shows like the day in the life, the good, the good life and the day in the, the rough life, like the time where it's, it's, it's hard. And, uh, it's interesting to see that because some days, uh, I don't know, I can't say that I really want to quit, but some days you kind of want to like crawl under a rock because there's so much stuff going on. So the level of passion gets you to keep going. So no, there, yeah, go ahead. That was gonna say there's absolutely hard days and people don't see that. You know, I'm talking about. There's absolutely hard days. And you don't, you know, you don't get to turn it off at night. And, uh, and sometimes you're, I mean, not sometimes when, when this cash flow is tight, you're the last one to get paid, right? You're the one that's like, you're paying everybody else. You're taking care of all those people. You're taking care of all this stuff. You're the one that might not get a paycheck. Now, when times are good, you get a paycheck, you get all this stuff, right? But, uh, all that freedom and stuff comes at a cost. So yeah, if you don't have the passion for it, you're, you're going to wash out. Yeah. And, and I, I, somebody said, I heard a quote once, like, you're not a true entrepreneur until you've had to make payroll from your own bank account. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, no, and true. that's it. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it's risk and reward. And we, we'll talk about it in the risk taking. We'll talk about it in some of the problem solving stuff too. So what are, like, we, I think we, we touched on some of them, but do you feel like there's a, like being too passionate can come at a cost sometimes? Like the, yeah. the downside of like, yeah, there's, it's a good thing to be passionate and that's part of being an entrepreneur, but can, can you go too far in that direction? Yeah. I think you always need to keep perspective. I think you always need to be careful that what your center is, what are you centered on? What are you focused on? Because you can get too obsessed about one thing and recognize it's the wrong center, right? If you're centered on like how you look, if you're centered on your finances, if you're centered on your spouse, whatever you're centered on, if you've got the wrong center and uh, then that can get taken from you and you can get rocked. So you got to be very careful about that. I think, um, yeah, so you can, have, you can have too much passion there. I think you need to keep the perspective and say what's really important and keep that, that, you know, that, that elevated view of stuff too. Um, especially in these, these, it's easy to get like really centered on what's going on right now in this, in this crisis or pandemic mode or something and not, and not take a step back and say, look, let's keep it in perspective here, right? Like it's not the end of the world right now, what's going on with stuff. Like you keep a longer view and recognize that this too shall pass and it, and it will be okay, right? But um, yeah, you got to be, you got to be very careful what you're centered on because if you're centered on anything that you don't totally, I mean, if you don't, that you don't totally control, it, it's going to get taken from you. It can get taken from you and it can rock your world. So, and, and really what I'd say is you can control is you like this, 
your mind, like what you're going to do about stuff. Like you control what you can control. Everything else that's outside of you, if you're centered on that, you're setting yourself up to get rocked, right? Because really all that matters is you and what you're becoming and who you are and how you treat, treat, treat the world, right? Your love, like who are you becoming? Yeah. Is that too much? No, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I, I, I feel like it goes back to a lot of those things that we talked about where if you're just too passionate about and you, you focus on this nonstop, then the rest of your world can crumble. Like uh, you're not, you got that flat tire, right? You're looking at yeah. the, the whole, well, are you well-rounded? And uh, you know, if you, if your finances are at a two out of 10 right now, uh, just work to get them to a three, then a four, then a five. Uh, you, tr- you try to go to two to 10, you're probably going to take something from 10 to two. And that's what I saw. I just tried to like, my health went really down and, and well, to be perfectly frank, I wasn't like in college uh, fighting weight uh, when I joined the group, but it was just interesting to see that and kind of wake up to it. And the same thing with your family and your, um, and fun, like really your fun, like what are you doing for fun? Um, I'm still working on that. I, every single day in my planner at the top, I say like significant other to 80%, fun to 80%, friends to 80%. Like these are the three areas that I'm really trying to work on. And, um, and I'll never master the spiritual side of my life. I know that. So I always try to get that one up for sure. But I do feel like it's better than it's ever been right now. Yeah, but I feel like the, the relationship with my spouse and the uh, fun and the friends is that's the challenging part. Like most of my friends are, are scattered all over the United States in the mastermind group. And I only see them like four times a year. So trying to figure out how to, how to do more of that. And this has really helped. Like this, honestly, just having the podcast to be able to reconnect and, and like I, the personal and professional development side is like at a 12 out of 10. And that, that's fantastic doing this and everything else that we're doing. But um, it's, it's interesting. I think we're not never perfect. I'm probably like a six or a seven on those. And I want to get at least to an eight or above. Well, here's the thing. We've talked about this before too, but when you were saying that, the thought that came to my mind, and this is probably a quote from somebody else. I didn't coin this, but progress, not perfection. Progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. And I reminded of a couple of different times I've shared this slide of like the the boat on the horizon, right? It's really easy to not see your progress when it's just like flat water, but recognize and look back and say like, how, how far you've come, right? So just progress, not perfection. Look at your own progress and where you're at individually in your different categories. And if you progress from a two to a three, that's awesome. That's okay. You, are, you progressing from a two to three is better than the guy that's an eight. Because it's not about where you're at with it. It's about where are you at and how are you progressing in every aspect of your life. Progress, not perfection. And give yourself grace. Like, it's okay, right? Be grateful for the, some of the stuff we have. Because too often, I think we're so stuck in what we don't have and stuck in moving from a two to a three or two to a four, whatever it is, to say, like, look at where you're at right now. Just enjoy. Just relax. Take some time to pause. Be quiet and just be like, things are okay, right? The sun is shining. We've talked about this before. Yeah. You've got to be grateful for what you have. And there's a lot of people that start their mornings with the gratitude. And I try to do that as well in prayer. I try to really just less asking for and more being grateful for. And I always tend to go to myself and like my body. I'm like, my mind works. I can breathe. My hands move. How, what a miracle these hands are, right? Like your feet, all this stuff that you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. Everybody's got that. Like, have you ever stopped to think what a miracle this is? Like just the fact that you can think and breathe and see. But I think we overlook that saying, yeah, 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 but I got to move from a, a three to a 10 on these different categories. It's like, just stop, just stop and be grateful. Because, and we can all see this now, like with this pandemic that we didn't see a few months ago, like things can change so quickly. Why not be grateful for what you have? But if you're grateful for what you have now, you'll always be okay. It will always be enough. But if you're always saying, well, I'll be grateful when, then it will never be enough, right? And there's a lot of truth to that. Just like relaxing, being still, being grateful. And, uh, 
And I think that helps you fuel your passion because certainly passionate people, we get our cups drained. But if you can take time away, especially in the morning for me anyway, and get perspective there and just show gratitude and just get some, some truths, get some 60,000 foot truths, right? Instead of being on the ground with the stuff that's happening right there. And you can be like, ah, it's all okay, right? For me, it's the weekends. It's like, we, I don't watch like the social media and all that stuff. And I don't watch the news. And I'm like, everything's okay, right? And then you can go and fight those battles later too. That's another thing for a passionate leader. Don't feel like you have to be 110% all the time. Sometimes the passionate leaders need to recluse back in and to get the perspective, keep that gratitude, get that quiet time, get the, so that they can go back out there and they can be that, that, that passionate leader for other people too, right? Because you can't be on all the time. We talked about this last week. You were like, man, I was just, you're spending time doing this and that and recognize you need to go recharge because you can't have a tired leader. That's not, you know, you can't have that, right? It's not going to come off well. Yeah, the decisions that I make at those times are usually under stress and duress yeah. and you're not gathering the right information. It's, it's interesting because I, I actually just responded to an email like on Friday that Becca sent me and I, I was like, I was like responding like, no, we're definitely not doing that. Just put it on the issues list for Monday morning. And then today it took like 30 seconds and her recommendation was the same as it was on Friday. And I said, yeah, it sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> like yeah. I just didn't have the weight of the world on me today. and it made sense. We talked about it for two minutes. We IDS'd it, right? Just on this EOS concept that we're talking about from Gino Wickman. And I said, yeah, that's, that sounds great. Your, your, your reasoning makes a lot of sense. Although it didn't on Friday to me, I was like, no, why would we do that? Let's do it this way. And it just needed to kind of clear my head and take a break and not have the weight of the world on my shoulders that day. So, uh, you know, space. Some, the things you said with like your hands and, and all these things and being grateful for that is, you know, nothing put it in more perspective than the, the podcast that I did with Natalie Hennis about her cancer journey mm, yeah. a couple of podcasts ago because she, um, she lost the ability to talk for a while and she's been having to go to speech therapy and really learn how to talk again. And she's, so we talked about that. And I said, I said, you know how amazing it is the fact that we can like our five senses, right? Like just those things, you lose one of those, it is game changing for your entire life. Imagine if you couldn't hear, you couldn't speak, you couldn't see, and it couldn't, couldn't touch, you couldn't, like it is just amazing to see the difference. Like even when you're sick and you can't taste the food that you're eating, it changes everything. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's it just when you think about that and how blessed we are for all of the things that we have. And then the, to, to the other point that you had about um, the perspective side, and comparing it and, and looking at how far you've come, even though you're just like, you're, you're from a two to a three or even a one to a two, like you're just, you're moving and making progress. Um, we're doing this challenge to lead series, a uh, uh, um, 30 day Facebook live challenge that I've been doing. And Glenn Williams, uh, I watched his a couple days ago and he said uh, something that I, I had never really heard it said this way before. And I absolutely loved it. He said, uh, uh, don't compare your chapter 20 to someone, your, to, don't compare someone's chapter 20 to your chapter one. Brilliant. So a lot of times what we see is you come to an event like Flip Hacking Live or you come to um, one of the mastermind meetings or you just jump into the, to the mastermind and you see people who are doing a couple hundred deals and you can't relate to them, but you try to get from like your chapter one to their chapter 20 overnight instead of actually reading through the book. It's like skipping ahead. Like you lose the whole story. The whole journey is gone. You can't see the path. It's just you have to go at your speed, at your pace, on your path. And you're all going down a certain path for a certain reason in a certain way. And when you look back, it will all make sense. Like all of this will make sense when we look back. Like when I see 
the journey of me meeting, you know, listening to this podcast when Justin was doing it, meeting you and going down the whole journey. And then Justin saying, Hey, I'm be interested in selling the business and looking at the way that was all designed and put together. And, and obviously like you and I think a lot alike, God's presence there was very, very clear. You know, like this could not have possibly happened this way. And it was just all by design. When you look back, it all makes perfect sense. And so if you don't see it right now, these struggles and tribulations and trials that you're going through, be passionate, be who you are, be yourself, you know, don't be in a rush to get somewhere that you're not ready for, not prepared for, or not passionate about, frankly. But if you see something, you, you, you know where you want to go you know what you want to do, whether it's real estate or something else, go do it. Like I'm encouraging people to share this with other entrepreneurs. Like anybody can listen to this series. I think it's going to be fantastic whether you're a real estate investor or not. It's, I mean, we hardly talked about real estate in this call at all. So what, what you need to find out is what are you passionate about? If there's something there, like there's no better time than now to go do what you want to do. And I don't mean like right now when you're listening to this, but if you listen to this six years from now, it's right now is the time. Like what's the best time to plant a tree, <laughs> right? Years ago, but what's the second best time is like today. So go do something and take that action. If you see it and you're passionate about it, like you just jump, go. Like I'm so glad that I did. You, you were saying that reminded me of a Jim Rohn quote. And I'm gonna butcher it too, but he talks to the sentiment is, I want you to be a millionaire. And I don't want to be a millionaire until you have the million dollars. You can give the million dollars away once you have it. It's what it's going to make you, you, know, you become to become a millionaire. It's the journey of becoming there, right? Yeah. It's that progress. It's that journey that actually matters. It's not, it's not the money. It's not the yeah. money. If, you wouldn't, if most people would raise their hand and say, give me $50 million today, but that would rob them of the opportunity of who they're going to become on that journey. And that's really what matters. It's who you're becoming, what you're doing, how you're choosing to change every day in your own personal world. That matters. The money yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's who you become when you get there. Yep. And that is the journey. Like the journey of how, like I've said it a million times, take it away, take it all away for me right now. You can't take away my education, my experience, the journey, the path. I can recreate it faster than I did this time. So it's just, I think that's, that's important, but it all, I think it all stems from passion. Like this passionate part, that's is so important to really enjoy what you're doing be passionate about it because you'll put, you'll put your all into it. And that goes for anything that you do, your family, your friends, your, your hobbies, your, uh, your workout routines, like the, your health, all this stuff. Like I've become passionate about eating a certain way because I just, now I eat the same thing every day. I'm passionate about it. I like the way it makes me feel. I like the way it, it uh, nourishes my body, things like that. I can eat an ice cream one night if I want and nothing happens. Like it's great. <laughs> so I actually did last night. I feel a little bad about it. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, and every Wednesday I can go eat a donut with my son, Will, on donuts with dad. So, um, all right, Andy, any last thoughts on this, the passionate trait of being an entrepreneur? No, not really. Be passionate, right? And whatever you're doing, progress, not perfection. Look around you, lift other people. If you're having a bad day, look outside of yourself. I promise you, your day will be better. I promise you that. But so the, you're better than you think you are. And all of us are. You know, the only the only thing I want to leave them with is is on each of these I'm going to talk about what it's what happens if you don't have this trait, and I think this is the, probably the only trait here that you just absolutely like have to have in spades to to really do anything like to be to be successful. 
a lot of you are probably listening to this like, I hate my job. It's, it's horrible. I wish I could do something else because you you're not passionate about it. And some of you are like, I absolutely love my job. I really do. You're probably passionate about what you do and, and what it's, how it's making you feel. So, um, so what Gino talks about, if you don't have passion, you'll never survive the many step, setbacks and failures that will occur, especially in the first few years. The first few years are tough, and we talked about that. Yeah. Um, no one's ever devised a magic formula for enduring the tough times. Only passion for your customer, your offering, or your solution will help you push past the barriers. That passion for your product or service gives you the energy, tenacity, and optimism to ignore the fact that the odds are stacked against you. That's what enables you to pull off what most people can't. And I think being an entrepreneur is pulling off what most people can't and being different. Like we think we're different. I can't go to a party and have a conversation with people about what I do because we're just, they just think I'm weird now. They're like, well, stop talking about that. You just like watch sports and shut up. And, you know? <laughs> not anymore. I can't, not these days. Yeah. They're not on TV. That's right. That's right. I just watch reruns of old uh, Ravens uh, Super Bowl championship games. <laughs> I probably just pissed off like 90% of the audience. So, um, but you know, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's something to be said, like if you don't have the passionate trait then um, about what you're doing, then you, you just have to have it. I mean, the, that good to great book by Jim Collins, like one of my favorites of all times, this is one of the three circles uh, of, mm. of a great company is, is passion. You have to have passion in what you do. Um, uh, the other one is best in the world. Like what are you best at? And then the other one is the economic driver. So these three things have to line up to have a great company. And if you're not like, I'm not necessarily passionate about real estate. And I don't think you have to be. I'm passionate about my staff, I'm passionate about the team. I'm passionate about the process, the procedures, what we're building and things like that. And, and really about winning. Like I would be passionate about anything. It's like a competition to me. It's like a game. I look at it, numbers and dials and things like that. That's what I love. Yeah. And you're passionate about the people, your staff, the people that you serve, all of these things. And um, I think being passionate about, you know, serving and stewardship and, and those kind of things, that's what, that's what drives you as a company. Find your core values, find your why. That's the best start. And I think that's what is all defined in this passion trait. So cool. Love it. It's always good hanging out with you too. Yep. I, it is. Uh, I, I got a bunch of notes here. Um, I got a book that I got to read now. So there's always something, look, this is like personal and professional development for me. I'm passionate about these podcasts. Um, I, I absolutely love them. And every time I talk to you, Andy, I get a bunch of good stuff. Uh, well, so, thank you, Bill. And vice versa. I love it. Well, love I'll it. see you. Um, I'll see you on video soon at the Atlanta event. That's not going to be in Atlanta, but uh, we we had to uh, obviously cancel our live event in person, and we're moving to a virtual event, which I think we got some awesome ideas for about how we're going to still make it feel like there's some networking and one-on-one -on -one times, and we got a lot of really cool stuff planned Dude. from some technology. Roll with the punches. Yeah. Roll with the punches. It's another Case problem. Another problem that we have to solve that I can't wait for. So, um, and then guys, if you want to hang out with us, we talked a lot about Flip Hacking Live. That's really the place to be uh, in October. So October 15th through the 17th in Orlando. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Andy would love to connect with every single one of you one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to set up, set up like three minute slots over those three days and Andy can talk to each person individually. Um, and you I know, think that I'd would actually would. enjoy that. <laughs> I know you would. I know you I would. I really would. We might like rope off a red carpet and have Andy in a receiving line. So it's like a military oh, thing where the general stands there in the receiving line. I don't want anybody line. to wait though. I don't want anybody to have to wait. That's be weird. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a pretty long line, but I think it would be good. So uh, maybe that we can do like tickets or they can win a prize. All right, I'll work on that. So <laughs> you can win some time to talk to Andy for three minutes. Um, How awesome. All right. Yeah, we can have the Andy room. 
All right. Uh, fliphackinglive.com. Check it out. We'd love to have you. Um, uh, it's going to be in Orlando, Florida this year. So we talked a little bit about San Diego, Orlando, Florida, and I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to go there. I'm going to hang out in Disney afterwards for a week with my kids. Hopefully you are too. Cause, uh, uh yeah. cause we got some plans. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. And right. we got four more of these coming up on this uh, entrepreneurial, ser- entrepreneurial leap series of these six essential traits. So uh, coming up, we got like driven and problem solving and risk taking and some really good stuff. So I can't wait. All right, Andy, thanks for hanging out sure. with me. I'll see you. All right, we'll see you. Bye. You've been listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. If you're ready to learn the house flipping and wholesaling strategies that are working right now in today's market, check out sevenfigureflipping.com. Oh, 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 oh,